college football players in the country. They brought the pressure. He recognized it right away. Five total touchdowns. Extra point good for the Cougars. It's 45-7 BYU. Welcome into the Cougar Post Game Show here on the Zone Sports Network. I'm Jay Catch, joined by Hansel. We are live tonight from the Tri-Day Trading Studios in Lehigh, Utah. BYU wins it 45-14. Cougars improve to 3-0 on the season. Hans? Yeah. Give us your initial takeaways from this. Louisiana Tech's not a good team. I would tend to agree with you on that. Yeah, it's the third bad team that BYU's played, but, you know, you got to kind of get that out of the way. You've got to recognize it, acknowledge it, and then move along. And then you've got to start to talk about BYU's execution. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was talking to Scotty about this, Jake. I played, oh, I don't know how many, I don't know how many football games in my career. I don't know. Um, probably 200. Okay. And I don't know how many of those games, maybe I won three or four of those games by 30 plus points. Okay. It just it, yeah. it doesn't matter who you're playing. Sure, yeah. It's really difficult to beat a team by 30 or 40 points in, in the game of football. Well, and traditionally, teams are more evenly matched than you would originally think in in most cases. And you're right. Very rare do you do this. And BYU, they're on a roll here. They have blown out three successive opponent three successive opponents, and they've done so just. Thoroughly, these games have been over in the middle of the third quarter at the very latest. Hands, they're, they're just, it, the fourth quarters are essentially meaningless uh-huh. so far for BYU. Yeah, they get boring, and that's good though because Kalani can, well, BYU head coach Kalani Sataki can continue to work on his depth, and it's nice to see him being able to build that depth and work on those second and third string defensive linemen and linebackers and DBs. And working on the second string offensive line and getting guys like Harris Lachance mm-hmm. in there to work through um, a couple of different, you, you know, a couple of different wrinkles that they can kind of iron out. And just watching this team smooth some things out and play connected the way they play and with energy and excitement the way they play, it's pretty fun. It's fun to watch. Sure. Uh, uh, it, for three quarters, it's fun to watch. And then you're like, all right, let's. Go ahead and Let's move wrap this one up, and you know, I, I almost think that I almost think that we should start some type of tradition that if BYU is up by thirty plus at the end of the third quarter, we should just start the post game <laughs> at the end of the third quarter and roll right through the fourth quarter okay. with the post game, and then wrap it up as the the game's wrapping up because there's no need to stay on and and do the fourth quarter. You've got a point there. I think we might run into some um, issues with other broadcast entities who own broadcast rights, but your point (laughs) remains Uh very valid, I think, in that regard, because you're right. This has been thorough domination by the Cougars, and honestly, at this point, I think both you and I and I think many BYU fans out there, hands, are going to sit here and say, you know what? They may not see an actual test until November 7th when they travel to Boise up on the blue turf. Yeah, I'm excited to break down Houston and finally get to see Houston play a game. Well, hopefully we get to see the play a game. They're on a bye tomorrow. Their new opener is a week before BYU uh, coming up next week, and mm-hmm. you hope they're able to play that game. They've had four games canceled at this point. Yeah, and i got to imagine they'll play it. I You hope I, so. I can't imagine that luck is going to continue to kick them in their butt. So I, I would like an opportunity to evaluate their film and get a feel for who this Houston team is. Might be a decent team. But it's not going to be the test that Boise State will be. Boise State on the blue turf in Boise that time of year is going to be more of a test. Well, it's a place that BYU's never won. They've mm-hmm. come very close. We've seen some one-point games. The 7-6 to six game in 2012 comes to mind. Uh-huh. A few different results up there. BYU's, BYU's never won up on the blue turf. And as it stands right now, I think that game is now the one that's circled on BYU's schedule is saying that might be the one true test for them this season right that kind of nominates the 22 ranking that they're currently at or you know wherever they're at at that point hopefully they can kind of validate where they're being ranked uh jake i'm gonna run through some of the positives from the takeaways and and i know that uh, brian brown is back in the studio and he'll have kalani ready to go here in just a minute 
You'll be able to hear from Kalani Sataki. You'll be able to hear from some of these players as we carry you through the postgame show. But I'm going to take you through some of the positives tonight. Things really kicked off with Fred Warner's interception. Sorry, Troy Warner. Troy Warner's mm-hmm. interception. Troy Warner had a really nice pick. And, you know, for just a minute there, you saw Louisiana Tech finding a little bit of success in the throwing game. Mm-hmm. And you thought for a second, huh, well, I wonder if this is going to work. Well, Ituyaki went to the three and drop eight, thrust three, drop eight, ran a lot of underneath zone, Correct. ran a lot of over top man, and that's what Troy got caught in. Uh, there was a route that broke open for a minute. If the ball was laced, might have been a completion, but the ball was touched, went over the top, and Troy War- Troy Warner got himself underneath it. Well, actually, went up and battled for the ball. Yes. Had a really good interception. Zach Wilson started things off with a sprint to the outside, beat the strong safety and the corner to the pylon, got the first touchdown. That was fantastic. Tonga and Zach Daw opened up the sack fest with, uh, I believe they're going to split that sack. That was the first sack they got. I don't know if you got defensive stats. Did they end up with six sacks on the night? Uh, let me double-check that <laughs> for you. On the night, actually, so BYU actually has officially three sacks on the night, according to what I'm seeing here. Six tackles for loss, though, in the game. Oh, they're going to argue that. They will argue that. They'll, they'll send the yeah. film in because Tyler Batty officially has the only has the three sacks on the night for the Cougars. The one you're talking about with uh, Kyrus and Daw. The spot on that, originally like he came down a yard short, which would have qualified it as a sack. Then they spotted it at the original line of scrimmage, therefore negating a no, sack. No, they didn't. Did they, they did. really? They showed, they actually, he was well behind the line of scrimmage. The spots all night long, especially if I'm Louisiana Tech, I'm feeling pretty jobbed in that regard because the spots huh. were off by a yard or two, it seemed like, all night long. So as it stands right now, only three sacks on the night for the Cougars, all three of them coming for Tyler Batty. He now leads BYU with four on the season. Wow. Uh, well, I thought they would. I thought they would probably put together uh, six on the official tally. Let's see if that changes come Monday. But still, big nights from both uh, Kyrus Tonga and Zach Dodd. And and the point I need to make here, and and I actually sent this tweet. If you can't block three guys with five guys. You've got a real problem. <laughs> it's it's massive. It's a massive issue because at that point, it's so bad. At that point, it's a quarterback playing seven Ugh. on eight, and it's just it doesn't work. The the math does not add up. You have a man advantage on defense, and at that point, yeah, it, it's over. And I think we've seen this for two straight weeks now. BYU's been able to get after the quarterback with just a three man rush. Yeah, and that is a problem for an opposing offense. By the way, Brian Brown, our, our he's our producer back in the studio, and. Brian, if you were to put together a presidential campaign and the only platform that you ran on was getting defensive linemen nominated as a sack when they force a holding call on a passing down, if you understand what I'm saying, if they force the holding call on a a passing down. You draw the hold and you get a sack as well, right? Yes, that should be classified as a sack. 100%. 100%. Yes. If you run on that platform and there's no such thing as ineligible receiver downfield, I'm you have my vote. You. I'm voting for you. That's uh, So Tonga did that tonight, and, and and it's kind of embarrassing when the only thing you can do is try to hold a guy <laughs> and almost ride him like a horse and, and do everything you can to slow him down. But Tonga was unstoppable. And then Zach Wilson was dialed in. His throws are accurate. He uh, had a nice throw to Carter Wheat. Carter Wheat went up, got a nice touchdown. Correct. Troy Warner was really good in run support, Jake. Mm -hmm. Really good in run support. I'll have uh, probably, I don't know, maybe 10 video reviews that I'll post. Uh, uh, Comes either Sunday evening or Monday morning. Yeah, Warner stat line, three total tackles, two of them solo, half a tackle for loss, and one interception. So a nice stat line for him. You're right. He was great in run support. And that interception really did flip this game on its head. It felt like Louisiana Tech had a little bit of momentum. Yeah. It sapped everything out of them at that point. Yeah, it did. And and, uh, Troy was being aggressive. I'm really happy for him. Gunnar Romney had a really nice catch for a touchdown. It was called back to the one-foot line, and and that led to a quick Algier touchdown, but that was fantastic. Um, Joe Tukwafu played well. Your third-string center played really well. And 
as you mentioned, Tyler Batty, his multiple sacks on the night were just excellent. And then I've got to – I have to mention – and, and and if I've got to give this guy the, the game ball, I just might. Mason Wake probably gets my game ball. Now, it, it's not like he was loaded with TFLs. It's no. not like he was loaded with touchdowns. It's not like he was loaded with receptions. He was just lights out in the blocking and a, a man just gobbling up people. I, I yeah. sent out a couple of highlight videos. In fact, if if you're listening, which – you know, I, I don't know. People aren't exactly exiting out of the stadium and filing into their cars and <laughs> jumping on to 97.5 and 12 into the zone. But if you're listening, go follow me at 975 Hans. And I put out two videos of Mason Wake running over people. One, he's carrying the ball. The other one, he's just he's coming through on a block. block yeah. <laughs> he opened up a huge gap for Algier. Which got called the touchdown got called back because he they said he stepped out of bounds. But Mason Wake was awesome. He was, he was Mason, and out so boy. I did an interview with him after the Navy game. Of course, he had that leap in the Navy game where he barely cleared the defender. And I did an interview with him. Hands and uh-huh. the, the question I asked him is, Mason, what did the coaches say to you after that leap? They said, Yeah, we don't want you doing that anymore. I said, Are you going to listen to him? He's like. Probably not, and we saw him leap over that other defender tonight. A much better uh, hurdle tonight as he actually cleared the opponent with ease, and I I think you're right, Hans. I would actually have him as a legit nominee for player of the game or give him the game ball because he was very, very good. And he does so many things on the field that kind of don't show up in the box Mm -hmm. score. He doesn't Mm – those those pancake blocks, guess what? Eric Mateos and the coaching staff is going to give him a gold star Mm -hmm. for the – pancake block but it doesn't show up on the box score i've got in front of me right here yeah it, you're, you're absolutely right and people are going to be belligerent when i tweet out that mason wake gets my game ball. i'm sure they will but i think you've got a very valid point because he he was very good and he's proven that he's a very valuable guy to have on this roster especially in the aftermath of losing Matt Bushman, I think a lot of people wondered how BYU would account for losing both the blocking and the pass catching from Bushman. And they preached to the media and to everybody saying, you know what, it's going to be a by-committee approach. I think guys like Isaac Rex and Carter Weed have handled, I think, the receiving side of things. And on the blocking side of things, Mason Wake's been an absolutely marvelous run blocker off the edge for the Cougars. All right, hands so... Zach Wilson goes over 300 yards for the second straight game tonight. I think a lot of BYU fans are pleased with what he's doing. He finishes his game 24 of 26, just two incomplete passes, a passer rating of 222.7. One of the better performances we've seen from Zach, but he actually now hands owns the top two passing percentage performances in BYU football history in terms of completion percentage. <laughs> what? So he, he had the, what? he had the 18 for 18 game in the bowl game as a freshman, so he's perfect in that game, so 100% completion percentage. Yep. And tonight with a 24 for 26, it's now the second highest completion percentage game in BYU football history. Wow. He owns the one and two spots now. Good for him. Yeah, Zach is is really throwing from a clean pocket and really throwing to receivers that are wide open. He is. Uh, more this year than in that bowl game specifically. And I'm not going to take anything away from Zach. Uh, he's, he hasn't played against a really good defense yet. No. Uh, You've got to imagine that whether it was Utah or Minnesota – or Missouri or Arizona, they would have played a tighter coverage and maybe made the pocket a little more messy. But even with that said, Jake, it's really tough to go that level completion in Skelly. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're throwing again. There's still guys playing defense out there. <laughs> there's still safeties and corners that should be kind of in the way. Well, and also, you are we sure about that? <laughs> okay, fair, fair point, Brian. Hey, Brian, Brian, I'm not going to let you take away from this fantastic performance by the BYU Cougars. The only critique I have of Zach Wilson's performance is that he got greedy on that third touchdown run. <laughs> okay. When, it, when he kept it and ran. He, he's kept that ball on a couple of TD runs in the last couple he of has. games. He has. And, and you know what? I like his decisions. His release is fantastic. He throws a beautiful back shoulder pass that's just 
lights out. That, that yeah. you know, when I when I see a pass like that, it doesn't matter if it's against Louisiana Tech or it's against Utah and their corners. That back shoulder pass off some type of dig route, uh, quick curls, dig routes. When you see that back shoulder pass and you see a receiver kind of flip to the backside, it's impressive. It really is. All right, well, let's get to it here. Kalani is actually approaching the dais right now. Uh, to his comments here in just a second. Looks like they're letting him take a drink. I'm actually watching him as he walks up to the sands. I've got the streaming on my laptop here. So let's go to it. Uh, Brian, take it away. Here's Kalani Satake, BYU head coach, after the win tonight. Do you want to make a couple of uh, statements about the game, and then we'll uh, ask have the media ask you questions? Of course. Yeah, just uh, happy with the win, you know, and uh, I think Vought's uh, actually a good team, and, uh, you know, that, that team had a lot of returning guys from last year that, that won 10 games and did some good things. But uh, I think, um, you know, things are really starting to click for us as a team. Obviously, there's a lot of things that we can work on and get better, but um, pleased with the effort from our boys and pleased with the, the victory. I don't think you can uh, – take wins for granted, you know, so um, I'm just glad that the guys controlled the game and were able to, you know, get the victory and, and, and we were able to get some valuable reps for our, um, you know, our, our um, depth. I think it was important that they get those valuable reps. I mean, obviously we didn't get a, a stop on that one in the red zone that would like to see our guys get out of it, but I was really pleased with those guys coming out in the, in the next drive and getting a turnover. So um, those things will, will matter uh, for us uh, later down the line and taking advantage of those reps is really important for our, our uh, staff and our, our players. So uh, happy for the win, things we got to work on and improve on. And there's, we faced some adversity early and, and uh, wish our, you know, want our game to play more, more clean and, and um, mistake free. I feel like we gave up, gave up some big plays because uh, lack of, um, of discipline and uh that happens from time to time but you have to give credit to louisiana tech they did some things that to test us a little bit on on with our offense and defense and so things got a little slow for us you have to give them a, little, a lot of credit i don't think it's, you can sit there and say well we didn't do these things right it, it was a, a collective thing where where louisiana tech was able to put us in some um difficult position and and uh, we were able to fight through the adversity and get the win so happy for the result but a lot of a lot of teaching things for our coaches and our players to learn from and looking forward to learning and improving to next week okay thank you we'll take a question from jared lloyd mitch harper and then josh newman nice game kalani i wanted to ask about that second quarter you go into the second quarter tied seven seven i think you were punting the ball if i remember right and then the boys just responded on both sides talk about seeing them kind of respond to a little bit of adversity which you guys hadn't seen a ton of yet this year well i think you know you have to credit the guys that keep playing they, and they get through these um some moments where things are a little bit tight and things went really well for us the first two games and this one i, I think um <laughs> You know, we're going against another team. It's not like we we get to do whatever we want. We we have a a team in Louisiana Tech that's that's got a lot of experience, and and they have, uh, you know, they have great coaches on their side that that get their guys ready. So I think um, they did some things that 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 uh, put us, you know, in in a uncomfortable position. But we we responded well, and uh, obviously you'd like to respond quicker and have everything go cleanly for us. But I don't think you go into this game thinking that you're just going to demolish every everybody that's out there you 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 hope that it happens but you know that you're going against 11 guys and, and well-coached team on the other side and so uh I'm just glad the guys were able to stick with the game plan and and eventually as we start working through it we were able to establish our identity and, and establish a run game and a pass game and then on defense we we're able to limit their big plays which allowed us to, to get the ball back to our offense and let Zach and the boys do the rest and put points up on the scoreboard. Lania new face along the offensive line tonight with James out. Uh, Joe Tukoff, who steps in at center, how does it, how satisfying is it just to, to get this dominant win when you have some new faces along that, that offensive front? I'm so happy for Joe. Um, you know, he, we knew that uh, it would be a game time decision for James and, uh, James is a tough kid. You know, he had that injury early in the game last week, and I think he he really wanted to play. But we felt really good about Joe's preparation throughout the week, and he was able to step up. Man, he he played a great game, and so really proud of him. 
uh, you know, it's been a long time. I mean, he, that guy was a tight end, you know, and and able to get some good snaps and and, and play some solid ball up front and and be able to lead the O line. I I, th- I was really pr- proud of his performance and credit to Coach Mateos and Coach Grimes getting that O line ready and a huge credit to the rest of the guys that that um, you know made it easy for him. I mean, it helps out having that much experience around him. But you know, we're hoping to to get James back as soon as possible. But it, it's nice that when we go to our depth in, in a lot of different positions, we have quality guys that can step in there and take over and then really um, go without missing a beat. I don't think uh, you, you saw a huge from it wasn't a huge drop off from James to, to Joe. And that's huge credit for Joe being ready. <clears throat> hey, Kalani, um, you know, you've seen what you guys have done o- over three games. You guys have been pretty dominant. Is it tough to not look ahead and maybe think about what this team and what this season could be down the road if you guys keep winning? All we're focused on right now is learning from this game. And and I'm going to give you the coaches talk because it's really important for our guys and, and for this generation to understand that we cannot look past anything except for the game that's coming up next and learning from the mistakes that we made here and then praise them for the things that they did well. So we would like to do be consistent with the things that we're doing well. We'd like to improve on some of the things that we made mistakes on, but uh, also understanding that that uh, Louisiana Tech made some plays uh, and and you know looked looked good at moments for and we were able to. I thought we were able to make them a little bit more one one dimensional on offense and and uh, defensive. Our offense was able to take advantage of some plays on and some chunk yardage on 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 their defense and um, just really happy with the whole the whole overall performance of our team in all three phases, but. We're going to keep these guys humble and hungry. That's the key. They, they need to keep working for this next week. And we still have a lot to prove. There's a lot more football to be played and a lot more room for improvement between now and next week's game. And we have to get see those uh, some, a lot of things improve quickly. And so that's what we're going to focus on. We're not looking past anything, especially this year. You know, you just never know what's going to happen with football. So focus on, on the next opponent and learn from this game. <clears throat> Okay, we'll take a question from Norma Gonzalez and Jay Drew, and then uh, Jared Lloyd. Hey, Coach. So if anyone had sort of been missing on Zach Wilson, he's definitely on everyone's radar now. What do you have to say about his performance tonight, just shooting 24 of 26 and just being super dominant? You ran the ball well, too. By the way, I like your mask, Norma. That's, thank you, that's thank made you. me smile. <laughs> um, no, the, uh, you know, I... We've been really, we've been really excited to get Zach going. And when things are clicking, we've seen him do it in spurts. And 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 I think part of it was a little bit of him growth, just to progress as he started learning as a true freshman to a true sophomore to now in his third year, overcoming some injuries. We just know that when you have a guy with a great work ethic and um, and 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 he's willing to sacrifice a lot to for his teammates, um, you know, it becomes a natural thing for everybody to want to follow him. And eventually, with his work ethic and, and his dedication to this game, it's going to pay off. And so, um, yeah, I'm glad that, that we were able to give him some time. I'm glad that our coaches worked a great scheme. I, I love what Coach Grimes and his staff is doing on the offensive side of the ball, utilizing all the different personnel. We saw a lot of guys grow up in this game and make some big-time plays, um, not just with the ball in their hands. We saw some great blocking, great fundamental football, and, and that's a huge part of it is, is being able to, to have a quarterback that leads the way with his work ethic. Everybody else is going to follow Really happy with what Zach did, though. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me at all. Just following up on that, Kalani, Zach's receivers made and tight ends made some really phenomenal catches. Do you think that was kind of contagious once uh, one great catch was made? Yeah, and you know. Jay, they've been doing that in practice. I mean, we've seen it over and over and over again and just giving them those opportunities to make those plays, you know, and I think um, uh, we have we have a, a deep team that, that a lot of guys can make plays. And what I like about it is a lot of guys make blocks downfield and, and do the little things right. And then they believe in, in each other. So as, as we keep working as a team and you know, it's it's not just one person making the catch or making the touchdown. It's it's all the little things that we see, the details of the of everyone's assignment out there. Everyone doing their one eleventh allows this team to to you know make plays, and all that does is confirm what they're doing. Like everyone does does their one the one eleventh, and it all works out. <clears throat> and so, if we can keep doing that and keep trusting each other, keep trusting the coaches, 
I think that we can continue to find more consistency and and find ways to keep putting points on the board and and getting more momentum on on, on our team. I mean, I I like the way everyone responded to what was going on on the field, um, defense, offense, and special teams, and and saw a lot of guys grow up. I was so proud of so many players in this game, and really looking forward to praising those guys, but then also um, teaching them so we can get better. <clears throat> Lonnie, I know you have great relationships with a lot of players, but and Troy Warner's been around the program for a long time. What did it mean for you and even for the whole team to see him get that pick and finally be able to, to get a takeaway? Yeah, I mean, the first one was taken away because of the offsides penalty, and I'm really disappointed in some of the, the, the lack of discipline that we had. We had a little bit, a few hiccups along the way. You know, we had some penalty. I don't know exactly what the penalty number was, but uh, we're a lot better than that. And 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 what was really bad about it is that we took away a turnover from him. So uh, being able to get it back again was good. And it came at the right time for us. We needed we need a spark. And you know we just knew that um, sometimes those DBs they don't get tested and and no one remembers them. I mean some of the things that Chris Wilcox does as a, as a corner and no, you, you, when it's quiet that, that that means the DB did his job. You know and that's been happening a little bit for Troy and some of the others in Zane. But um, I just like the fact that they were able to make plays after giving up a big run, a big um, I think it was a screen. You know and. and Harris, that receiver, he can make people miss, man, and 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 he made us look foolish on that play, you know, and and he did it on some of his returns too. So he's 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 lightning on the field, and and we we need to be more fundamental with our angles and our tackling. But man, I just <clears throat> overall, I just I'm so happy for Troy and the things that he was able to do. I, I've been he's been around here every. Every day that I've been at a head coach, he's been with me as a player. So he came here mid-year as a, you know, as a freshman, true freshman, and was with his brother. And, and man, he he did a lot of things for us as a true freshman. Started for us at corner, played a lot of different positions. The one thing that he's always been able to do, even as a true freshman, is be a great leader for our team. And um, I think it helps having a, a brother like Fred that that is a great leader also. But I think he it was easy for him to transition into that 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 role and just been so proud of him, man. I, he's doing so many things for us. He just the stuff you see on the field is just only part of what he the value that he brings to us is so much more than that. And the leadership and the, just the small things that nobody sees off the field has been huge for our program. And for me as a head coach, um, I'm in his debt for the things that he's willing to do for our players. And you see these, these freshmen and sophomores and young guys on the defensive backfield grow up. A lot of it has to do with his leadership. And so really, really thankful that he's on our team and the things that he's doing for us as a leader has been amazing. <clears throat> Mitch, do you have another question for Coach? Yeah, Kalani, a three-sack night for Tyler Batty, a, a true freshman. Are we looking at one of the next best or great pass rushers for BYU? Yes, he's going to be really good. That's what we – you know, the hardest part about Tyler Batty is that I had to wait for his mission to be complete. And so really excited to get him back here, and, and he's got a lot of football ahead of him. Tough kid, raised really tough, just loves playing football and has energy. And so I think uh, you have to credit the D-line for all their hard work. I mean, we did a lot of a lot of three-man rush, you know, because we can, you know, and, and, and we, we we made some things difficult for, for La Tech. That's an explosive offense. They got some yards, but I, I thought the – a lot of the bulk of their yards on those two drives were the key for our guys. And we had some backups in there. They had to learn how to, how to get off out of drives and, and learn some valuable lessons in, 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 in the game, you know? And, and so, but Batty has been the guy that's been strong and been ready to roll, roll from the very beginning. Really excited about him and really excited about a lot of things I've seen from the defensive front with Kyrus, Bracken, you know, Zach. I mean, we've got a lot of guys I feel that can play Lorenzo, you know, seeing some things that Caden Hawes is doing too, and then we have Earl Mariner. So we have a good group of guys that saw Saletti do some things, and we're able to see Peyton and 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 um, Max Tooley do some things as, in the hybrid role. So uh, a lot of that is because the, the leadership we're seeing from the D, D line, and give credit to Coach Tuyaki. He knows what he's doing with the D line, and that's a hard thing to do to create pressure with a three man rush, and we were able to do get it done. And Batty, had, I mean, he had three sacks himself. Wow, what a selfish kid! I love it. So, as long as he keeps doing that, we're going to be fine. But that that the, the sacks belong to the D line, and I, I love the fact that he's out there to, to 
maximize the potential and makes a big plays. We knew we were getting something special with him when we recruited him. You mentioned earlier that the team's starting to click. Uh, what's the biggest cause of this team kind of falling in line and starting to click, in your opinion? Just all the guys, man. It's just, it's just letting the players just run the show. It's been really fun. And as a, as a, for me as a head coach to be the guide on the side and, um, you know, it's, it's so thankful. I'm so thankful that before I could say anything, the players are already saying it. And, 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 you know, the leaders are already taking over practice before I say something that to correct someone, it's already been handled. The players are already on top of it. And uh, these guys are working really well together. You know, we just got to keep this thing rolling and, Man, I just I'm really excited. Looking forward to to the next game and want to get to the film. But I mean, I just we see a lot of these guys growing up and 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 take control of this program is going to be a beautiful thing. Hey, coach. I think that's all we'll take for now. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe. Appreciate you. Thank you. Watch conference. sort of mimic the enthusiasm in Zach Wilson's voice. He zips that one there to the pylon, and it's caught for a touchdown, Gunnar Romney. What a throw, and maybe even a better catch. He may be just shy looking at that replay. His left foot might have yep. come down out of bounds just before he extended for the end zone. Well, handed off to Algier. He goes left side and pushes in. Touchdown. So it took him an extra play on the ground. BYU makes it 20-7. They are a high-powered machine offensively. Welcome back to the Cougar Post Game Show here on the Zone Sports Network. He's Hans Olsen. I'm Jay Catch. Without further ado, Hans, let's throw it back down to Provo. Troy Warner, BYU senior defensive back, speaking to the media right now via Zoom. It was like the next drive out, you know, we, we let up a big play and uh, that starts with me and I take full credit for it. Uh, but I'm a competitor and it, it was a short term memory. It's on to the next play. And, you know, I know I had to I had to come back and make a play for this team and kind of shift the momentum of the game. And uh, that's that's really all I tried to do. So that when the time came, I had just just had to seize the moment. Hey, John. Troy, uh, you look at after your interception, kind of what the defense did, uh, the next six straight drives, you guys forced punts. What, what does that say about just how consistently stingy the defense has been through three games? I mean, obviously, I think just, just what, what we're doing as a defense speaks for itself. I mean, we pride ourselves on being a stingy defense, and this is – this is ingrained into into BYU football for every year that I can remember uh, being a part of this university. And uh, you know, we like I said before, it's a t it's a defense full of guys with short term memory. Something if something bad happens, it's on to the next play, and we we're just striving to uh, to be great. And uh, I felt like we did a pretty good job of dealing with adversity today. Hey, Norma. Hey, Troy. So um, as recently, BYU tended to play its the bulk of its toughest competition at the start of the season, and that would most of the time result in you guys being kind of banged up midway through. How has it been different uh, sort of playing, not necessarily easier games, but just not the same level of um, toughness and how that's going to help you guys make it through the whole season? Yeah, I mean, I really feel like we don't even pay attention to that. Uh, I feel like every week uh, is a new opportunity for us to get better and, and to show, you know, what we're capable of doing. And, uh, you know, I'm just really proud of, like, just proud of the way our defense and our offense has been playing right now um, and just the way that our coaches have prepared and just kind of the whole collective effort from everybody uh, has been really spot on. And uh, we just got to keep it going, keep it rolling. Can't, can't get too high. Uh, got to be even killing and just, and just keep going. Hey, Jerry, we'll take one last question from you. Right, Kalani talked about uh, how you do so much that doesn't even show up on the field. Uh, what does that mean to hear your head coach, you know, recognize those things, the leadership and everything? What does that mean to you? Um, obviously that's, it's, it's amazing to, to have your head coach, you know, view you in that way. Uh, but I feel like it's my responsibility. I've been, you know, I've been a starter for, uh, a few years now and and uh, you know I just feel like 
is part of my part of my responsibility to to hold guys accountable to do what I can you know off the field to to make this team the best possible um and whatever I can do to do that I'm more than willing to do so and I, th I feel like at the end of the day it's just going to help the team be better and that's that's the goal we're trying to be great this year okay thanks Troy yeah, no problem. Thanks, Troy. There you go, Troy Warner. After BYU beats Louisiana Tech forty-five to fourteen, hands. You heard him talk about. It. He's a competitor. He said, "I took the touchdown play for Smoke Harris early in this game on himself." He said he overran the play, and he said, "I, I came back and I felt like I had a pretty game, good game after that." He did. I would agree with him on his own assessment of his own play. I think he was very, very good there. Uh, so I think that was very good. All right, let's go back down to Provo. BYU quarterback Zach Wilson off another 300-yard game performance. He's now speaking to the media via Zoom. Quarterback to throw a pass like the one you threw to Gunner or the one you threw to Carter in the corner that's just almost exactly perfect and see a guy go up and grab it like that. What's that like from your perspective when guys make those great catches on those well-placed throws? You know, it's satisfying. I feel like, uh, you know, the work that we put in in the offseason, the the practices leading up to this game, the talk back and forth of, hey, against this, I'm going to go here. Against this, I'm going to try and go here. And and the guys just responding. You know, I feel like we were, you know, on the same page all night. We were having a strong connection, and guys were just making plays. I was just, you know, putting the ball up there and letting guys go make plays, and they were, they were getting it done. Hey, John. Zach, uh, tonight you finished complete uh, completion percentage of 92.3%, 24 26 passing. On the season, you're completing 84.5% of your passes. Has there ever been a time thinking back along your football career from Little League to now where you've had this level of efficiency over a three game stretch like this? No, I, I'd probably say I haven't, you know, I haven't, you know, had that high of completion percentage in, in probably my entire career. And I think a lot of that just comes with, you know, really good coaching. I feel like my coaches have done a good job of, of being able to give me, you know, easy plays to give the receivers uh, the ability to make plays. And then, you know, every, every once in a while in a game, you got to be able to, you know, make a big time throw, uh, throw something that's maybe, maybe not planned. Um, and, that, that really comes down to the line, giving me time, the receivers getting open and, and reacting and, and me and Gunner being on the same page on a lot of them tonight. Zach, when you consider how dominant you guys have been here through three games, <clears throat> is it at all difficult to, um, to not look ahead maybe three or four weeks and, and consider where this team could be in a month if you guys keep playing like this? Yeah, you know, we take it one day at a time, one game at a time, and you know, now we're we're playing, uh, practicing for UTSA this next week. Uh, they're a great team. We can't take anything for granted. We can't, you know, think we're anything yet. You know, we're only three games yet. We're only three games in, and you know, we've done a great job up to this point, but it really means nothing yet. So, uh, no one's going to get complacent. No one's going to look into the future and and talk about what ifs. Uh, but we're just going to try and get it done every single day in practice. Okay, we'll take a question from Jay Drew and then Brandon Gurney. Hey, Zach, when you got it going like you did tonight with your accuracy, do you, do you like even recognize how hot you are? You're like, for a basketball term, you're kind of in the zone. Does that, does that kind of resonate with you? Yeah, I'd say being in the zone is definitely a, a thing for a quarterback. You know, I feel like that's where you want to be. You want to be in the zone. You want to feel like uh, your confidence is at an all-time high. But really, you know, when I'm feeling in the zone, it's it's not about myself. It's about the whole team. I feel like the whole team was in the zone. I feel like I feel like anything we were trying to do tonight, we could do it. Uh, Zach, uh, James Empey's been as big of a mainstay as anyone on this team. Uh, how did Joe fill in today? Uh, I, just, just maybe discuss his play and what you saw from him. Yeah, James is a baller first off, and then and Joe, you know that dude prepared like anyone, like anyone could, and and he came in and had a great week of practice. You know he had a lot of things to focus on, and uh, you know he didn't let it, you know shine in the moment you know he got out there and he he balled out he was having fun at the same time you know there was never a time he he seemed timid out there he seemed uh he seemed confident the whole game and so i was i was proud of how he played you know he had great snaps all game uh was making some great blocks make some great calls and so i was just proud of how he played anyone else have another question for zach jared 
Zach, you guys have been so successful. When you get into that first quarter and you had the turnover on downs, and I think you had to punt there at the end of the first, and things maybe weren't clicking quite at the same level you guys had been used to, how big was it to respond the way you guys did and, and really kind of take control of the game there in the second quarter like you were able to do? Yeah, all offenses have short-term memory. You know, it's, you know, you have one bad play and you forget about it. You go into the next, you know, it doesn't matter. Each series you go into, it doesn't matter what happened on the series before. And so uh, the guys had energy the whole game. Bad play happened. Guy, guys were picking each other up. We had energy uh, going into every series this night, uh, tonight. So uh, just proud of how everyone responded. I thought we did a great job of everyone just coming back and, and taking advantage of the next drive that we had. Okay, Brandon, do you have one more question for Zach? I do. Uh, Zach, Carter Wheat was a guy that you seem to target early. How important is it for this offense uh, and the passing game to, for you to use these tight ends to maybe open up things on the outside? Yeah, we got ballers all over the place. You know, you can't you can't zone in on one guy. Uh, we got we got tons of guys that can make plays. Carter Carter showed that tonight. He can catch. He can run. Uh, running dudes over. You know that was great. Uh, glad he got a touchdown catch tonight. That was big. Uh, he ran a great route. Um, you know, we just we just got guys that can make plays all the way around. You know, it's not one person you can you can try and shut down in a game to stop us. There's there's plenty of guys that can make plays. Okay, thanks, Zach. That's it for. Thanks. Tonight. All right, there you go, Zach Wilson, BYU quarterback. Uh, another 300-yard game. Hands, uh, I saw this earlier on in the game after he went over the 300-yard mark. Uh, BYU, their stats and information team, I guess for lack of a better term, tweeted this out, that he has the first back-to-back 300-yard passing games since Tanner Mangum did so during the 2017 season. So. Jeez. It's been a bit since they've had uh, that these back-to-back prolific passing performances, but nonetheless, he's off and rolling. He's over 1,000 yards in total offense already this year. 949 passing yards in hands. I think the most impressive thing about Zach Wilson so far this season, you know how many incomplete passes he has on the season? 11. Huh. 11 incomplete passes. And by the way, uh, we're talking about a th- over 1,000 yards in be nine quarters? Roughly, yeah. R- roughly nine quarters? I, it might be a bit more, but in terms of actual game time, yeah, it's about nine quarters worth of action. Because he's been coming out maybe back into third and into the fourth. And he's he, he is special. There's no question. And, and you know, I, I threw out that I, I really like the Sausage Sandman as, as the game ball winner. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've had a few people say, well, how could you not give it to Zach? And you literally could make an argument that Zach – should get the, the the first three game balls, you sure, know. Yeah. And my guess is through the next, uh, let's see, what do you got? Eight games left? Seven uh, games? Eight games? Well, there's three. They have ten on the schedule, so seven officially. And there's hope that they could add one or two more. So through the next seven games, mm-hmm. you know, I'll find one where maybe the offensive line doesn't play the way they've been playing, or maybe Wake doesn't play the way. There's going to be a game I can give it to him. Sure. Because yeah. you could give it to him pretty much every game, but. I, I like so many of the pieces that are working around him that I want to I want to hand those game balls out to those guys while I've got the chance. I completely get that. All right, we will take a timeout here. We'll come back on the other side, get you some other thoughts on the game tonight. BYU beating Louisiana Tech 45 to 14, the 20 number 22 Cougars now 3 and 0 on the season. We'll see how they do in the polls. Uh, Coming up on Sunday, obviously, there'll be the new AP poll that comes out, and we'll see if they're able to move up or down, and we'll keep you updated on that. But more in a moment, right here on the Cougar Post Game Show on the Zone Sports Network. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. 
Welcome back to the Cougar Post Game Show here on the Zone Sports Network. Hans Olsen, Jay Catch along for the ride as we recap BYU's 45-14 victory over Louisiana Tech. Uh, Hans, I think we've done a good job breaking down this game in all honesty because, to be honest, there's not a ton to break down. Just another dominant outing for BYU against a lesser opponent tonight. Yeah, and I almost sent this tweet, but I, I'm going to delete it okay. um, because di- tweets get misread and sure, fans yeah. get surly. Um, but essentially this, the tweet was, BYU can't start drinking their own Diet Coke. Okay. During film review, they have to look past the the blowout score. Sure. They've got to look past the blowout games. And they've got to truly self-report. And they've got to truly identify the leaks. There are leaks in BYU's defense. Sure. And, and if BYU faces... A scrambling type quarterback. If if BYU played this BYU offense in a game against this BYU defense in an actual game, yeah, Zach Wilson and this BYU offense would open up a can against this defense. I think Zach Wilson's uh, offense and this offense that with their blocking offensive line and their ability to run, I, they could they could push the three downs. They could force you to bring up linebackers. They could escape the pocket. They could really drop off underneath routes. And I think they could dink and dunk and get themselves down the field and put up 34 points against this defense. I I would tend to agree with you. That's something that they can work on hands. I think also in this game, BYU, through the first two games of the season, they had three total penalties in this game. Tonight, five penalties. I believe two or three holding calls. I guarantee you that's something that Jeff Grimes, Aaron Roderick, Eric Mateos, the offensive coaching staff, they're going to be harping on this offensive unit about those penalties. They do not want this team to self-destruct drives with penalties. They did a couple times early on in this game. I think that's another thing they're going to be looking at. Yeah, there's there's no question. I just hope that they can stay focused yeah. on what they need to clean up. For instance, really strange uh, I don't know, strange rule, or, or or I don't know what it is. On the fourth down, where you fumble, and if another player scoops it and goes to score or advances it, it comes back to the original fumble if the guy that fumbled it does not pick it back up and advance it. Now, that has a lot to do with trying to eliminate trick plays where you're putting, balls, putting yeah. balls on the ground and trying to take advantage of things that way. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a ridiculous rule. I think that... Uh, I guess it's tough to judge intent, but where we have film review, if it looks like it's a, a true fumble, you should be able to advance that. That that was kind of lame. So you got to go back and understand, well, what happened here, guys? We were on the hurry up. We were going to try to go get this yard mm-hmm. uh, on some type of dive play, quarterback sneak, and we missed the fumble exchange. If this is in a clutch game, if that's a fourth quarter and you've got to have, sustain that drive and that fumble goes on the ground – that's a mess. Yeah, absolutely. That is a destructive mess. So clean that up. Um, Clark Barrington, who was really good tonight, he had a holding penalty there in the first quarter that could have been costly. If this was a, yes. a big-time game, mm-hmm. it brought back a, a huge t- a huge gain. And so, you know, you can look at those kinds of things. Uh, you can look at the missed tackle by Zane, or you can look at the over-pursuance by Troy. And you have to focus on what you can clean up. And I will tell you, Jake, it's not easy to do as a player because you sit there and you're like, oh, here comes my play. I will literally not even see four plays before my play. Because you know. Because I know it's coming. Yeah. This is the drive. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I hit this guy with the speed rush. I can't (laughs) wait for coach to slow this down and hit me with a laser pointer. Yeah. I can't wait. And I'm just looking. I'm not even seeing, you know, my guys over pursue or me over pursue. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Fast forward it. He's barking at three other guys in the meantime. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, fast forward it to (laughs) to where I got the sack. (laughs) You know, and, um, Although I, I I hate this man with every every fiber of my being, my rookie year with the Colts, our defensive line coach was Todd Grantham. I think okay. he's the D coordinator with Georgia now. I think you are correct. Yeah, and uh, I remember we were playing the Seahawks in a preseason game. I, I had a beautiful tackle for a ten yard loss on Sean Alexander. Okay. Just ripped through my my guard. Was in the backfield, yeah. blowing blowing him up as he was getting the handoff. I didn't see a single play before we got to that. And when we got there, 
Grantham hit it with the laser pointer, and he said, all right, right there, just don't miss the layup, and kept going. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that was it. And you're just like, so, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 can we, we <laughs> so, what I'm saying to Coach Mateos uh-huh. or what I'm saying to Coach Tuiaki or you know, any of these guys that are looking at these great things, fast forward, hit it and say, hey, don't don't miss the layup there, Kairos. Good job on that rip. Oh, hey, don't miss the layup right there, Tukuafo. Nice job. Appreciate you filling in. You did a really good job. But guys, understand that this three technique that you're playing against, you're going to see 10 guys that are better than him this year. So yeah. understand that what, when we're looking at it. But it's good technique. Really good first two steps. Uh, Clark, you cannot get yourself behind on this. Uh, we've got to make sure, you know, and to focus on those little things that these guys are messing up on. Because if you truly want to improve, yeah. a lot of times, Jake, you'll ball up wins like this and you'll throw that film in the trash. I, I can completely understand yeah. that. And I I didn't play at the same level you played at, I, but I completely understand the whole concept of that being like, you know what? Yes, that was a fun play, but let's move along here and look at what we can improve on. Coaches are paid hands to improve football teams. When you win three games in the fashion BYU has done this season, it's hard to find a lot to criticize these guys on, but these coaches, they do need to yeah, get these players to look through all of the fluff here and focus on, yes, you can improve on that play. You can improve here because when they do face better competition, they'll be better prepared when they go into those games. The other, the other thing is you've got to truly have things ready for when, when there, there's going to be some offenses that find leaks in this defense. Sure. And when when yeah. they do – got to be able to reformulate yourself at halftime oh, if you have to yes and say all right all right all right all right, all right. The, the, the brush three drop eight we had team x y and z beat us over the last three three years while we're trying this we have to have something and it's got to be durable it's got to be proven and they've got to feel comfortable transitioning to it because yeah. there will come a time this year I, I know that the schedule looks somewhat weak, but it might be in a bowl game when you get a Power 5 opponent, or it might be Boise State. There's going to come a time this year where you're pressed, mm-hmm. and somebody's going to have to say to Coach Tuyaki, Tuyaki might have to turn to Kalani and say, hey, all right, plan B. This ain't working. We're this ain't working. Yeah. This quarterback is getting out of the pocket. He's escaped. He's He is torching us right now. Um, So that'll, that'll be big. You know, the other point I wanted to make for BYU fans, and in particular, maybe Kairos Tonga's family, um, and, and and Jake, I'm sure you can attest to this. Brian, back in the studio, I'm sure you can attest to this. There aren't a lot of times that we've been able to document or or watch a player make the decision to come back and see him make money with every down and every play. Sure. And we are watching that with Kairos Tonga. Mm-hmm. A decision to come back, and he is making money with every play, every drive, every down. I talked to an NFL talent evaluator. I guess it's the easiest way to describe who they are. And I talked to him during the offseason and asked him specifically about Kyrus Tonga and his decision to come back to BYU. The one thing this guy wanted to see over everything else that Kyrus had, he said he's got the size, he's got the frame, he's got the athleticism. The one thing that NFL scouts... GMs, front office personnel need to see from Kyrus Tonga hands is they wanted to see him become a three-down defensive lineman. They uh-huh. wanted him to be able to stay on the field first through third down and prove that, you know what, no matter what it is, first and ten, second and three, third and six, third and fifteen, he can be on the field in every situation. And I think what we're seeing early on this season is yeah. he's proven he has taken that step and become that consistent player. I, I think from an outside observer's perspective, it's his attitude that looks so much different to me uh, by comparison, like you said, Jake, he has the athleticism and the ability. It's never been about the physical gifts. It's been about upstairs. And what really emphasized that to me tonight was watching him get after Peyton Wilgar uh, after after the play, telling him get back to the huddle, quit messing around with that stuff. He has a demeanor of being the man out there. And in previous seasons, it looked like he was – uh, you know, intermittent. It was like a bad cell phone connection where he was kind of, sometimes he was in service and sometimes he was out of it. And the last few games, which I've had the benefit of watching because I've been working with you guys, is 
it's always on. He is always on. He's always engaged, and he is very aggressive out there, and he's playing with an attitude of nobody can stop me, and they can't. Yeah, and you can earn a, a pretty quick reputation if you're not playing that level every single play. You're not giving that effort. We we had a guy, I, well, I'm not going to say his first name, but we had a guy, his last name was Skrilla. We called him Blankety Blank Skrilla, the okay. three-play thriller. Oh, and that was it. Was it. He All gave right. you three plays, but those three plays were a thrill. Yeah. Like you knew, okay, guys, we got three plays. Put in put in, put in, in the, yeah. the three-play thriller. And – Tonga was more than a three-play thriller, but he was also a three-play letdown in, in any given play or any given game. Sure, and you're not seeing that now. Again, I, I want to see that 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 center guard combo test that pushes Tonga. You know, I'll give you the for instance. We were talking about I, I want holding plays in down and passing downs to be. For on a defensive line on a pass rush to be a, a listed as a sack, mm-hmm. the play in particular I'm talking about Tonga pulled a rip off the the negative side or no sorry the positive side of the center, and just threw a hard rip. And a lot of times when you throw a, a rip on a center in a three man rush, and that center turns his hip and throws the hand down on the hip, he can usually wash you down into the pile of the uh, yeah. of the the D end and and the guard and the the offensive tackle usually can wash you down and wash you down. And Tonga does such a good job of placing the play side foot back in towards the pocket. And when that hip gets pushed, he can lean the body. And he's so heavy mm-hmm. and, and low center that you can't wash him. So the so reason... He's, so he's redirecting the center he's, with that movement, essentially. Right, because the center can't push. And then the, yeah. it, what happens is the center ends up behind him. Yeah. And Tonga clears the hips, and then the only thing a center can do is try to tug him or, or sure. hold him back, yeah. or, or you're you're you know yelling "Watch out!" to your quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he seems like he's most effective when you're sending him on a slant or something like that, especially in a pass rush where he can get, like you said, um, get his hips around the offensive lineman, and and once they do, like he is just so almost bizarrely explosive at that point in getting to the quarterback. I mean, how many times did he cause pressure tonight? Like 10, 12, 20? Yeah, there, there, there was a good amount. Um, so I, I made this uh, I made this comparison, and, and, and believe me, there are some dramatic differences. But just in talking about a body type and a style comparison, and, and, and I'm comparing him to a Hall of Famer, so I want everybody to – relax and understand that this is a very soft comparison he reminds me in his pass rush and his run stop ability his body style and 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 his technique reminds me of vince wilfort okay it's um it's a, a fantastic first step it's a low center gravity it's really tough to redirect him it you can't it's hard to even redirect him off of a double team to push him out of a gap because he's able to use his leverage and he falls back into a gap. And, and I've pushed against guys like that, uh, played against a guy. His, his name was Norman Hand. He was a defensive tackle for the New Orleans Saints. It was my first year moving over to guard and uh, played him in a, in a preseason game. And he was all – he was every bit – every donut of 395 pounds. Okay. Uh, and just trying to push him out of lane was impossible. And that's what Tonga is. He's he's a he's a lane eater. He's a lane sticker. He's he's where he's supposed to be because you can't move him out of where he's not supposed to be. Yeah, I I love watching Vince Wilfork play. He was just you're right. That first step, he got to where he needed to be. Yeah, and good luck. And he, then held it. You're not getting him out of that spot. Yeah, and that's why guys like Bill Belichick love. Vince Wilford. Yeah. Because you know exactly where he's going to be. He's going to do his job and he's going to make sure that he is right where you want him. Well, and that's why you love, if you're a linebacker, you love playing behind him. Sure. Because you know that he's a space eater. He's taking up your blocker. Mm -hmm. The combo will be late. Correct. So I can scrape and make a play. Yeah. And you can can make linebackers famous 
yeah. off the backside yeah. of a guy we like saw Kyrus Kyra, Tonga. Yeah, we saw Kyrus tonight. Look how good the linebackers are. Wilgar yeah. and, and look at those guys. They're, they're just going sideline to sideline making plays. They're, they're great. And by the way, Daw and Elbakri are, are similar. They're, they're, they're space eaters. Sure. And they're taking that type of attention. So you're seeing the linebackers. Wilgar is making a lot of plays. And and um, I think they started Fanua tonight. I think they did. I, I saw Fanua in, in the starting lineup. But mm, was uh, let's see. Who else did I see in the starting lineup? Keenan Peely was out there. As Peely, well. Peely yeah. was out there. Peely and Wilgar have been phenomenal as that kind of that middle linebacker tandem out there for BYU. And the nice part is, a guy like Kyrus Tonga, as well as Zach Daw and Bracken Albacri, those three guys are taking up essentially all five of those linemen, double teams, etc. So that allows Keenan Peely and Peyton Wilgar, they're just looking for the ball and going and making a play hands. And it, you're right, it does make linebackers famous when you have stellar defensive line play. See, I still believe Chris Holt got Rob Morris drafted. <laughs> well, there's an argument to be made there, absolutely. I'm and sure that's not debated between the two of them either at all. No, no never. Absolutely not. I, and hands would know, considering he was right probably in the middle of those conversations with both of those gentlemen. Oh, both of them, two of the best dudes out there, by the way. Yeah, well, one of them. <laughs> uh, I, I will tell you, I can remember sitting in meetings and, and the co- the coaching staff being like, all right, so here's what we're doing with the defensive line. We're doing everything to give Rob Boris every opportunity to make every play you possibly can. Okay. And and that's that's kind of how the defense went. No, Rob Rob's a fantastic talent, no question about it. But um you know, I think I think that what BYU's doing defensively right now against these lesser opponents is nothing short of spectacular. Just make sure you've got all your bases covered. Sure. Make sure that you can make those transitions when things aren't working. As far as the offense is concerned, this offense, I think, will click against 80% of the defenses in the country. There there are going to be some of your top 10, top 15 defenses that are going to hold this offense to 20, 24 points. Yeah. They'll make it tough. They'll, They'll They'll press hard because I don't know if you've got the the real stretch speed on the outsides. Um, you could make them pay with some tight tight end mismatch. We had a nice touchdown. He did. I, w- I was excited to see him and Isaac Rex had a couple of great blocks and and a couple of nice catches. Did he did he have a touchdown tonight? Uh, Rex just, did not. just wheat. Yeah, just wheat. The touchdown passes tonight went to Gunnar Romney and Carter Wheat from Zach. Zach had the three rushing touchdowns but two passing. Okay, so. You know, you you can you probably could transition out of it. You know what? This offense is going to be successful against most most defenses. And when I say successful, I'm talking about putting up 24, 27 points. Well, to, not to harken back to Bronco Mendenhall's era, but his benchmark for what he wanted from his offense, he said, if you guys can get me 24-plus points, we will win most of our games. I believe yeah. my defense can hold most of our opponents – under that 24-point uh, Right now, there is not a defense on their schedule that will hold them under 24. I would agree with in, that. In fact, I don't think there's a defense on their schedule currently that would hold them under the 30 mark. And you score 30 points, you've got a good chance of winning football games. And and that's not to say that BYU is doing anything special, but I just think that the 30-point mark anymore in football, it seems like that's almost a golden number for most offenses, it feels like. All right, well, Hans, before we wrap this thing up, any final thoughts from you as we put this baby to bed? Yeah, I, I think that Fessy Sataki needs to be praised. I think that his wide receivers have been special. I think that Aaron Roderick needs to be praised. I think that Zach Wilson looks clean and poised and and great. I think that Eric Mateos and Jeff Grimes need to be praised. The whole line looks clean, and I, I'm I'm really pleased with what this what this coaching staff has done across the board. Ituiaki working with the defensive line, uh, Ed Lamb in the backfield working with those guys. Kalani, I know, has been much, 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 much more involved yes. on the defensive side of the ball, trying to get the rush going and, and trying to, you know, really push on some things. I'm really happy with Gennaro Guilford. You know, Guilford's putting together a, a really nice outside with these corners. So, and Preston Hadley in that backfield together. They've done a good job with the safeties and cornerbacks. You know, I, 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 I love the fact that I get to – 
congratulate this coaching staff in post games. And, and I'm hoping that we don't come to a situation because every team on the current roster or on their current schedule, they should be favored in. I think Boise State might be a pick em. Might be a, a might be a three point favor. I don't know where Boise State will be at that point. It'll be their third game of the season. They open up with Utah State, mm-hmm. Air Force, and then BYU. And that Air Force for second game of the year for Boise. Yeah. That's a tricky one because Air Force will be pretty healthy. I know Air Force plays tomorrow against Navy. Then they're off until they play again on the twenty fourth. But that BYU might be favored on the blue turf. It right? could but, be. Uh, it's going to be hard for, for Vegas to do that, but. They they should be favored, and I'm I'm re- I, I I want to see this coaching staff continue to play to the level that that they can. I don't want the letdowns. Sure, and we haven't seen any portion of a letdown. We saw a couple of mistakes tonight, like I talked about fumbling on the mm-hmm. fourth and short. Yeah, is a mistake, but there hasn't been a letdown. So I'm really happy with this team, and I can't wait to get to another game. And hopefully everything goes well with the COVID situation. Absolutely. Eight days away from today, BYU will play UT San Antonio. Uh, Crazy enough, Hans, I thought all year long, BYU, considering they were going to be the only team out here in the West, we thought for a while it was going to be playing football. I thought all of their kickoffs were going to be late-night kicks. I thought 8 o'clock was going to be BYU's spot all year long. But next week, BYU and the Roadrunners from San Antonio will kick off at 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time. It'll be on ESPN2. Uh, so a mid-afternoon date, and of course we'll have pregame coverage beginning at 12.30 here on The Zone, and we'll see what happens. I think UTSA is another overmatched opponent coming here to Provo to take on the Cougars, but nonetheless, hands, eight days away, we get to do it all over again. Yep. All right, that'll do it for us tonight. A big thank you to Brian Brown back there producing for us. Sean, our on-site tech here at TridayTrading.com. Uh, hands, let's talk one more about what TridayTrading.com can do for our listeners before we get out of here. Yeah, you can make a little extra money every single month. If you go to TridayTrading.com, you could sign up. Scotty and I do it. Uh, Alema Harrington does it. I I know that you're showing some interest. Yeah, absolutely. I've talked, to, I've, I've, I've talked to people who have done it and are actually still doing it yeah. currently, and they love it. Well, they're going to fully fund an account. You'll trade their money. They're going to teach you how to be a great trader, download their proprietary software, and they're going to put you in a demo account for $10. It's 30 days in the demo account with coaching, with the software, and you get to see how you can make money. Big thanks to Triday Trading. All right. For Hans Olsen, I'm Jay Catch. A big thank you to all of you who have tuned into the Cougar Post Game Show. Like I said, next week, 1230 will be our start time on the pregame show as BYU gets ready to take on UT San Antonio. Until then, have a great night. This has been the Cougar Post Game Show on 97.5 FM, 1280 AM, and the Zone Sports Network.